1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. What you said about it has to be the right guy. If there's a quarterback in this draft that you think is that guy, would you move heaven and
0: earth to get it? Would you go up to number one?
1: Yes, i do whatever it takes. If we, if we thought... There's a player that, that we're driven to get that makes the franchise and the team better. That's what we would do.
2: Chris Ballard, Indianapolis Colts GM, saying, Yeah, we would do that. We'd trade up to number one. That is the big fear of Texan fans. The odds right now, Seth, will Chicago trade the number one overall pick? The odds right now are heavily skewed towards yes. Yes is minus 180, which means you've got to bet. You gotta risk $180 to win a hundred. And I guess if we're putting it in percentages, that's like a like a sixty to sixty-five percent chance that Chicago trades the number one overall pick. And it's more tradable this year, or more maybe it's more likely than in some years comparatively, because the Bears don't need a quarterback. And there are teams, a lot of teams, an extraordinary number of teams that do need a quarterback. Um, and yet only three times in the past twenty years has the number 1 overall pick been moved? It's only been moved, yeah. you know, 10-15% of the time something like
3: that. It's uh it's rare. I don't, you know, these things change over time. At some point it might become just very common for the number 1 overall pick to be traded, but for I think for various reasons teams have a hard time. Teams that have the number 1 overall pick uh, feel that it's worth way more than it is to people below them. Uh, it's just there's just a difference in values on there, and I do think that part of it is that just there's a psychological stigma with the number one overall pick, and to trade up to number one overall and then to with is like an almost. It feels like it's an almost death blow to your career, possibly. And you'll you'll be reviled for it forever. Um, and then people with the number one overall pick a lot of times fall in love with the person that's up there. And they just feel like, well, look, we're here. We got a shot at taking a guy who's a physical freak show. And we're going to take it. So I, I think that's where you hope that the Bears feel that way. Remember, they, they traded away Roquan Smith, who's not a... Um, Who isn't, uh, you know, obviously isn't as valuable as a pass rusher, but was a guy who wanted a whole bunch of money for his, his veteran contract. They could sure do well to replace Roquan Smith with a young guy on his rookie contract. Um, and, and who's also a pass rusher, a better position than off-ball linebacker. There's a really good chance that the Bears just say, "Yeah, we're not we're not going to look at Gift Horse in the eye. We're going to go ahead and uh, and take Will Anderson and be be off with him." Did
2: you see Roquan Smith got paid
3: hundred mil baby hundred yeah.
2: mil five years from the Ravens? So and he
3: negotiated the contract himself. Did he? Yeah. Remember that was one of the stories this summer was that he. Had, he had some guy acting as his agent who wasn't actually an agent. There was okay. some there's a little bit of goofiness there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it ended up working out for him. And then Lamar Jackson, of course, uh who's also trying to get a new contract from the Ravens, is also negotiating his contract himself. He is, and, he is. Uh that it seems to be the hang one of the big hang ups in Baltimore seems to be that Lamar Jackson wants it a hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah. Um
2: Wants the Deshaun yeah. deal. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the, uh, the odds makers say they're going to trade out of that number one pick. I'm going to get into the short list of teams because the bears, the media covering the bears are already scoping out. Okay. Who are they going to approach? Who's Ryan poles? Ryan poles is the GM of the bears. Who is Ryan poles going to be reaching out to here to start shopping that pick around? Cause we know he's open for business. We'll get to that in a second. I will say this, that if you're asking me, let's pretend that the draft capital price is the same for the Texans to move up from two to one. Or go get Sean Payton as the head coach. You know, let's yeah. say the, let's say the price is the twelfth overall pick and maybe a third round pick, like a first and a third, to move up one spot um, to go get the quarterback they know they want. I would rather use that draft capital to go get Sean Payton and yeah, as I the would head too. coach, and then you yeah. take whatever quarterback you take your chances on whatever quarterbacks there at number I, two.
3: I also think too, you know, Sean. I, I think sometimes you get just you start to fall in love with a notion, and then you start to think about other things uh, like that notion is true or something. Because I know that some people are saying, "Well, boy, I don't want I don't want Sean Payton because there's a good chance that he doesn't like Bryce Young because of the size issue." Okay, well. There's also a chance that Sean Payton is more correct about it than you or me is. You know, like I said, so if you if you know that you really like Sean Payton, then you're you're willing to trust his opinion on which quarterback he wants. And I'm with you there. I think that I and I also think that I, I think the Texans told Lovey Smith to go out and try to win that game. Like, I think there's just a really good chance that that's the way it was. Casario didn't really do any personnel moves that would have made it seem like they were trying to tank that game. So, Lovey's going to go out and try to win that game. I don't know if that's what they would have done if they thought that Bryce Young hung the moon. Right. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Nick Casario feels... Just so enamored of Bryce Young that you know they've they've got to trade back up there that they screwed up by losing the number one overall. It's
2: funny too, you know that the opponent was the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis with that game. Just in, I've been thinking about that game a lot over the last few days just because of the reaction to it. I've gotten over any feelings I had about number one versus number two, whatever. I'm ready to roll, man, into draft season. But I think something else I was just thinking of yesterday as I was kind of thinking this through. Um if it were almost any other opponent, I'd be like, Yeah, okay, why'd they lose to that team, you know, why or why'd they beat that team, this or that. This was a team, keep in mind, that the Texans could not beat in Indianapolis for the first thirteen attempts. Like, Seth, that yeah. became a story for I mean, after the first seven or eight times, and really once Peyton Manning was gone, it became a huge story because it's like, okay, now finally maybe we get that elusive win in Indianapolis, and it still took four more years after that yeah. to win in Indianapolis with some good teams the Texans had, good attempts at it. The, the year that Indy went 2-14 and 14 to get Andrew Luck and the Texans made the playoffs for the first time, they didn't beat Indianapolis in Indy. So I was thinking about that yesterday just as you were talking about the possibility or the likelihood that top down in the organization from owner on down they wanted to win that game. There's probably a lot of that feeling that goes into it. Like we spent thirteen years trying to beat these guys in Indianapolis. Now we're gonna go up there and just roll over for them so we have one slot in the draft difference. Yeah.
3: You know? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So I, I
3: don't I honestly I have a hard time I as I read some of these articles, people come from it or listen to podcasts and it's just such a shock to me, and it's a different worldview. But there, there are a lot of people out there who just look at it as a foregone conclusion that, of course you, of course you, don't try to win that game at the end. Right. And I just, I, I guess it's just, I, I thought there was still a debate about this. Well, <laughs> like I, I felt like, I felt like people still argue this, or that they should still argue about this, because I feel like if you're the coach and you're out there. With the players that you have, you're trying to win on game day, you know, and that the only time really it's acceptable to to not try to win on game day is if it's because you're getting ready for the playoffs. Other than that, I feel like you owe it to your players and everybody else to just try to win the game. Um, but there are enough people out there that are incredulous that Lovey Smith would do something that, frankly, I think most NFL coaches would do. Go win. It's just yeah. so it's one thing to believe that. Coaches should tank in that moment, but it's it's like it's you're way out on a limb if you act like it's it's idiotic not to. Like there's very much uh, a, a a difference in value systems there that goes beyond just making the the correct logical rational choice. Yep,
2: uh, yeah. Alyssa Barbieri writes for BearsWire.com. That's the that's US- a great name. You it is a great name. Uh, USA Today kind of football. That's the Bears corner of the USA Today universe over there. Here are the teams that, that she lists as the, the ones that the Bears should be talking to about a trade. Number one, Indianapolis Colts, for obvious reasons. We've, we've hashed that one out. Number two, Houston Texans. Remember when the Bears traded up one spot from three to two to select Mitchell Trubisky in 2017, she says? Chicago could finally be on the winning side of that trade after the Texans screwed up and let the number one pick get away from them. If Houston has their heart set on a particular quarterback, Young or Stroud, they might have to draft trade draft capital to move up one spot and prevent another team from leapfrogging them. Then again, if they're comfortable with either, they can stay at two and take whoever's on the board. Um, yeah. I don't think the Texans are all that high up. I don't know if she's doing it in order of likelihood or not, but I like the next few teams, like the Raiders at three, that feels like a team ready to make a big swing for a quarterback. Um, the Carolina Panthers are number four on this list. Um, these are all teams picking in the top 10, the Tennessee Titans, are picking 11th in the draft. She's got them listed fifth on the list. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, number six on her list. They're picking in the top ten.
3: Hmm, yeah, there are a lot of teams that uh, – and it, it is strange. We were not too long ago talking about how it seemed like most teams are kind of pretty comfortable with their quarterback right now. Not anymore, <laughs> dude. I mean, I'll keep going. Super super south, super fast.
2: Jets, number seven on this list. Uh, the Jets, yeah. you know, they're, Zach Wilson's not working out. The Lions are eighth on the list. And I, I'll tell you what, I am relieved that everybody seems to be settled on Jared Goff in Detroit because I'm like, I still yeah. don't think Jared Goff is going to – and if you take away his offensive coordinator, who's in line for a bunch of jobs, including the Texans possibly, who yeah. knows if Jared Goff is the same guy,
3: you know? There's a, there a huge gap between what they looked like before Ben Johnson and after Ben Johnson, Yep. which is another one. Somebody had suggested yesterday that, you know, when when we talk about, okay – how are these potential candidates going to fill out a staff? Somebody suggested that uh, that Demico Ryan's could bring Anthony Lynn with him because uh, Anthony Lynn's in San Francisco right now, and I, like, Anthony Lynn was the offensive coordinator for the Lions before before Ben Johnson came in and turned the offense around immediately. Yeah, like that's a that's the rough one. The rough one is when you're. It's one thing if you're an offense coordinator and the year doesn't go well, but you know there's various reasons, and you know there could be. Other factors beyond your control but when somebody comes in and switches it around immediately with the same people in the same ski uh, that, that that's a that's a rough one to come back to. absolutely
2: it's either an indictment on Lynn or it's flowers for Johnson or both <laughs> or yeah, both.
3: yeah.
2: Uh, all right um, let's um keep it moving seven one three five seven two four six ten um all right up next James Palmer texted me yesterday our good friend from the NFL network he texted me And he said, man, I really riled up Texan fans with something I said on the NFL Network and then posted on my Twitter account. He posted the video on his Twitter account. What did James Palmer, former Houstonian uh, and now NFL Network reporter, say about the Texans' coaching job that got Texan fans so irate at him yesterday? We will hear. We'll hear it and we'll let you be the judge. Should we be irate at James Palmer? That is next.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.